and we are at three seconds on a Thursday, an hour before the therapy, the big T with 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 awesome awesome people. Holy gosh darn diggity dang snibbity diggity moly moly. Holy moly. <laughs> Morning guys. It is about 11:20 something like 11:29 or something like that. And uh you are on the Ride Along with Run Man podcast. I am your guy. I am Ride Along with Run Man host. I am Run Man also known as Justin. I'm watching birds fly across the sky. I'm watching a gentle breeze from the deck stir up all the different things. We got wisteria out here. We got some some kind of a bottle brush looking thing with these pinkish red shoots that just go crazy. And the honeybees love it. Got a bunch of oak volunteers saying, hey, we got some bright pink flowers that basically wreath the deck that I'm on. A lot of weeds, grass is growing pretty high, all the rain. Look, man, we're looking pretty good. We're looking pretty good. I'm going to step out now, and we're going to begin, shall we? Yes, come with me. (laughs) Okay, let's catch you up. Wednesday was yesterday. Wednesday was episode six. I put out three chronicles on episode six. And today, episode seven, could be a maybe run, we'll see. I'm having a lot of surprise motion in the gastrointestinal flora kingdom. So uh, we'll see how that plays into things. Might just turn into a little bit of gas or something. I'll take a pretty easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl uh, uh, circuit here. We're going to do a little bit of a modification to some of the short-circuiting stuff. That's what I'm thinking right now, and we'll see if I just kind of stick to that. The other thing we can do is go along the track like we often do. Anywho... We're at two minutes and six seconds. Let's put the phone in the pocket and get to it. Actually, I've got my fanny pack today. No water in it, but I do have my fanny pack. So, let's do this. Okay, we're still counting. That's good. Oh, yeah, let's flip the phone around. Boom, boom, boom. So as to allow my fanny pack to zip. Shaka, shaka. One thing I like about this thing is that it allows me... Ah. There, there it is. Is that it allows me to kind of have a little bit of extra distance between my phone and my. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. My phone and my um, my pocket, my phone and my thigh. You know, so I like the fanny pack. It's got a lot of utility. It's definitely, it's definitely gonna be a mainstay in the arsenal as time goes on. Oh, you know what I can do. I wonder if I can just now. I'm not worried about doing that. Okay. Again, we're doing the we're doing the chord shuffle. Where are we gonna chord? If you want to record, you got a D chord. Cause you don't want a flea chord. You don't want that thing popping out on you, tripping out, disrupting the the rhythm of the fucking poetry that we're doing. Gosh darn it! I've already sworn. Ah. Okay. Before the trial series ends. Sometime, I think I'm committed to 10 episodes at least before I really review and see if I need to pivot this thing significantly in any way. I think I do. But um, before I get to that point, look, I promise you guys, I'm going to put out one child-friendly episode. One household-friendly, oh, having dinner with Justin, having dinner with Ron Man, oh, having, uh, 
having a hangout here and everybody's invited thing. I promise you guys. I promise y'all we'll make it happen. Uh, let's cross this way first. I don't want to hang out over there. <sighs> okay. Yeah, we got some cramping happening. Last night it was uh, eggs and pizza. Ah. Oh. And a lot of water. Whew. And a fair amount of sleep. So we're actually looking really darn solid right now in terms of nutrition and rest. I'm feeling good. Not perfect. I don't want perfect. I'm not built for perfect. By the way, we're at the fateful intersection. The trick here is just breathing the right amount. Uh, using, a, using enough belly in the breath uh, where I don't kind of shut down the abdominal muscles. I want to fan the muscles correctly so as not to cramp anything because I see that my system is susceptible to cramping right now. Whew. Maybe once in a while I should eat before I do one of these. Uh, I've taken to eating far later in the day. The fasting helps. I'm not necessarily super hungry. It's just I feel my stomach saying, hey, you know, we haven't been doing this long enough. You always got to watch the intersections, my friend, because you don't know who's not watching, who's driving a vehicle that can put you in the hospital quickly and efficiently. The price of unconsciousness at the clinch moment is everything to some people, including possibly me. Since I'm in a position to suffer a great deal, if somebody else isn't paying attention and I don't respond like an adult. You know what though? I guess that's a fractal of all so social human interaction. Even when somebody's in a car not looking at me and I'm looking at them, sussing them out and figuring out how to respond. That's just a fractal of everything else. You gotta know which chimps have the hand out who are watching you so you can grab the hand and swing to the next vine. And you gotta know which chimps look like they're paying attention. But they're completely limp, and if you try to grab onto them, even though they signed up to be a part of the team that's gonna help you get to the next vine, they completely spaz out. They let go. You both go tumbling to the floor, and there's the cheetah. Good job. Now, is it the other monkey's fault? No. It's both of our fault. Only takes one person to get into an accident. Sometimes it only takes one person to get out of an accident, though. I got out of that accident. Had I just gone unconsciously without looking, depending on the trajectory of things, I mean, I was already at a standstill, so building speed, you know, is what it is, but... I could tell you something. It doesn't seem like it would have been pretty. Well, I would have hit the car. I probably would have hit the side of the car. But if I was really fast and I took off, I'd be under the wheels. I'd be on the road right now. In a far different way than I am right now. And that's okay, man. You see, I know people... I know so many people who just haven't resolved that enough to be in the public space in a capacity where they can be counted on not to be volatile with others. You know? 
I'm not hating. I'm not. Yeah, you could set me off, I'm sure. I'm a little on the laid back side, but but damn. <laughs> really hard. Really hard to get me to a place where where I'm the cat in the car taking that right. Because I'm angry about something or that preoccupied. I'm the same way when I drive. I typically look around. Doesn't mean I'm in freaking fallible, but I do a pretty good job. I take my time. It actually annoys people. I typically stop at red lights before I take the right. I know we all like to California roll around here. I know that I'm going to get honked at sometimes for doing that. I'd rather get a honk than sign a death note. Some kid. Some kid who does take off into the intersection. You see what's happening here as I'm empathizing. I'm putting myself in the shoes of any possible person. The bystander putting pressure on things. Unconsciously aggregating every variable leading it toward crashing without even thinking about it. Irresponsible. Completely in that moment. Ill-earned is the license. (sighs) Meanwhile, here I am. I'm either the guy in the car, or the bystander, or the guy in the intersection. This time I was the guy in the intersection. The reason why I'm still thinking about it, the reason why I'm still talking about it, is because remember, 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 I'm going to hearken you back. I believe it's possible I've listened back to each one of these episodes once. A couple of them twice. Most of them once. And almost every time, maybe every time, I make mention of this notion that I'm going to share again. Treasure is everywhere, my friends. Within and without. You don't have to go anywhere to find it, but if you did go somewhere, you're going to find it there. But you've got to be... Well, I'm not going to say be like me at the intersection. Be a better version of me at the intersection. Be a better version of you at the intersection, because you can probably do better than I can. You know, my reflexes are not particularly good. My training and practices are decent. I would say they're decently good. But you could be aces. I bet you. I bet you you could be aces. I'm with you. I support you in that. Rock and roll, bro. Because because everyone gets their turn. I've been conscious when I've had my turn a few times right after the fact. Been like, oh, I didn't look right when I fucking took that California roll. And there was somebody there. And the light was actually green. In the span of time, it took me to whip my head around and look left to see if any more cars were coming my way. I failed to look right before my car was already in motion. And there's the guy looking at me. Not acting out. Not being me, not tapping on my hood as I careen past like a goddamn drunken dust bunny in a vacuum container that's set to full power halfway through the house cleaning mission. Maybe that analogy just made sense. Maybe it didn't. Come on, man. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) You taking me seriously right now? Uh, I had no impulse to take what I just said seriously. Besides the, you know, be safe around people thing. 
but I've been that guy. I've definitely been the person at the intersection just going and not thinking, endangering lives. Because if you get in a car, if you do virtually anything, but everything's kind of exponentiated when you get into a vehicle or own a gun and you know, do something like have a concealed carry thing. Fortunately, there's classes for that, and you can become very proficient at it, very cool-headed with it. But in any of those circumstances, you are endangering lives. It's just how much. And you don't get to know how much, because self-knowledge... That's a tricky bird. You might think you know how you're going to be. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about Meat Eater. There's a guy. He's a cool dude. I don't know. I wouldn't mind hanging out with this chum. He seems all right. Um, I don't know, though. You never know. But his name is Steve Rinella. R-I-N-E-L-L-A, Steve Rinella. One of Joe Rogan's friends. This guy's a hunter, and he prefers to hunt most or all of his meat. Or at least get his meat from his circle of people who, you know, they all, when they go on hunts together, they share. And when he's in somebody else's neck of the woods, he might bring meat with him to give them if he was just off a hunt. Or they might give him meat if he stops on by. And their hunt was awesome. It's a very cool thing. It's a very cool thing. I'll bet you see a lot of that with people who are you know, growing excellent vegetables and that kind of thing. You get a you get a really cool groove. You gotta get a really cool vibe off of Well this happened to my dad yesterday. He just a lady came by and he was very warm and said hello and she was I didn't know her. We were in the driveway of the house. And he's like, Yeah, she comes to pick lemons sometimes. And she has a beautiful name and I can't pronounce it ever. But I always ask for it because it sounds so cool. Hey buddy. Hi. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a story within a story. You guys get so much, you know. <laughs> people always, people worry about running out of content. People worry that it's all been said before. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't say it. <laughs> Some kid might listen to my wacky ass. <laughs> Who needs to hear <laughs> that it's cool to grow a lemon tree or do anything communal with growing crops or hunting or anything like that? Because there's nothing quite like getting a share of the bounty that you just gave, that you, that you just worked for. And maybe they, and there's just something in that exchange like, hey, I got too much of these, check them out. The other person's like, hell yeah, I'll go home and make some lemonade for the, for the kids. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pulp these, these extra composts that you, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat those strawberries that you gave me, and then I'm gonna take the little green part that I'm too picky to eat, and I'm gonna pulp it up in a compost, and feed that to my animals, and some of them are gonna really benefit off of a little bit of greenery, but you gotta be careful because some that'll kill some animals. <laughs> I will get back to Steve. In fact, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now, and, and, let's take a moment. I want you with me right now, because not only is Steve's story kind of important 
And it has to do with this whole intersection talk that I did not set out with the intention to do. I never set out with a hard intention. Sometimes I have an idea. I never write anything down either before these podcasts. But uh, I do want to do something before we talk about Steve. And that's slow down a little. Just want to slow down. Not much. Just enough. Right? Just want to slow down enough. Because I'm not in a hurry. You see, I'm running. Running is taxing my breathing. My taxed breathing is dictating the speed at which I speak until I take the reins. And sometimes you unconsciously give the reins to the breath rather than meet it halfway and say, hey, I'll develop a relationship where, yeah, we're breathing a little faster, but there's no need to breathe in a dire way. There's no need to speak in a rush, even though I'm using the air that I have in a much more intense and robust way than usual. Fortunately, you guys, my lungs are never the first thing to collapse on me when I run. It's always been the legs, with one exception, and that's hill running. There's a mountain in my town that is a real bi-itch. A real... It's a real can't, let's just say that. Except that it is a Except that it's a can. It's a mountain can. You just gotta work for it. And running up that particular series of slopes, the grade is enough. And my explosive power limitations are such that you get the whole heartbeat pulsing in the eyeballs about to have a coronary can't get enough oxygen into the system thing until you crest the summit and then you're good to go and it's beautiful and it's all worth it sometimes i get up there sometimes i have to stop <laughs> i am but a man <laughs> remember i'm decent not good we're getting good by the way this is probably going to be around an hour so I might be halfway or so. Hard to tell. I think I'm a little less than halfway. But we're just going to keep rolling. Hopefully, all this fanny pack business. Phone's a little loose in the pack. I could have secured it against my hip a little bit better and used the shape and sturdiness of the phone to sort of pin it against my body in a more stable way. We'll see if that makes a difference. If I lose you guys and my phone does the, the wig out thing, then okay. All right. Now, with all that said, we're back. We're here. We're now. We might lose it. We might get it back. We might not. I don't make any promises. What I will do is what I promised I would do and return to Steve, the host of the Meat Eater podcast. At one point, that guy was attacked by a bear he and his circle of friends had sat down to make lunch. Steve was in the middle of a joke about how, because he has a show, his sandwiches always look better because he has to be presentable and everything <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the folks at home. <laughs> and he was about to finish off the little slam. He just stopped short before the end of it. Oh, yeah, my sandwiches good, are good because my sandwiches look, look fine because of the... Because I've got... And then he noticed everybody froze. And then from behind him rushed the bear. 
and Steve froze. I've seen Steve successfully hunt a moose after his, with a friend, after his rifle misfired its, sh- its second and purposefully killing blow. He thought the first one filled the creature. He went in for the second shot. His barrel misfired. And there he is, as the moose gets up and charges him, and his friend takes it out, and Steve survives, but he does get trampled. Miraculously, no injuries, beyond a little bruising. Crazy. So Steve is no... Steve hunts bears. He knows what's going on. Steve and his people hunt everything, everywhere. They're very seasoned at their jobs. These are guys that are going to hike, you know... Just 10, 20 hours at a time if they have to. They'll do it in the darkness if they have to. They usually don't. They prefer to play the odds. But you can't always do that. And sometimes when you're having lunch, bears just come at you if you're out in the wilderness and they learned that lesson. But they all made it. Steve made it. He just froze. And so you know, as seasoned as you might get, you might always freeze in a pinch. Steve noted this. He was very humble about it. He was like, I'm not super happy with this when he was talking to Joe about it. Not like super like, (laughs) he just doesn't have a great relationship with that part of himself yet. He's like, well, now I know I freeze (laughs) or I, or I did freeze. His friend did one better, but he should have done two better. I say should, I would have pissed myself and rolled in the dirt into the fetal position probably. But his friend instinctively didn't run. He reached for not his gun, which was right next to him, but a trekking pole, (laughs) which he obtained and beat at the bear with, probably to little or no effect. But the bear did eventually retreat. Everybody was okay. And I believe they got the hell out of there. I think that's how that story goes. So, trekking pole guy comes out better than Steve. <laughs> what was that guy's name? <clears throat> was it Giannis? Was it the other guy? Was it the tar guy? <sighs> Big crew for a... I don't know. It's just like a cool community. There's a few of these guys. I don't remember all their names. <sighs> okay. Hey, we're cool, man. All that I'm saying is that that points to this points to part of being a person. Part of being a person is that if you get behind the wheel, I don't care how awesome you are or how resilient or seasoned you are, you're still endangering lives and you got to deal with that. You, you got you got to prep for it. You got to spend some time. That's why I'm talking right now. This is me. Just giving that a moment, just airing that, uh, airing that thing out. I'm just making that sandwich good because I'm on a show. (laughs) Uh, Hey, let's get back to the show, shall we? I mean, when I say that, I was going to, uh, it came to me uh, last night to talk a little bit. Because yesterday we had a nice little group call. I got back home just in time to be on the group call. It felt very cool. 
great time. Saw some people that I really like. Talked shop. It was awesome. And, um, you know, I, at the end of it, I reached out to the lady who who was qu- quite kind to me. Told me to get on Anchor if I wanted a really easy podcast experience. And that if I needed any help troubleshooting, she'd, she'd help me out. So I reached out. I was like, hey, how do you get video on Anchor? Because you know that webcam is coming. I mean, I have it. I don't know if I have all the cords for it. But I have a, I have a cam. And uh, I want to employ it. I want you to run with me. And I want you to see what I see. It'd be really cool. And I think there could be times when the camera speaks for me. And I don't need to say anything at all. Not that I feel the need to talk. It's just there's always something more to say. But I think if I'm conscious of having video rolling, I'll know how much the environment can speak for me and can speak for the both of us. You got to let nature in, man. There has to be that part of the conversation because it's that beautiful and stirring. That's another thing that Meat Eater does really good. They're pretty... They're pretty like, um, they treat these things as sacred, even though they're probably all agnostic. I don't know. They might all be right-wing Christians for all I know. I don't know these guys. But they treat this thing like it's sacred. This nature thing. They want the numbers of things to work. They want invasive species to come back into balance and... They want land to be available to people to work with in a sustainable way, whether it be meat or farmland or whatever, whether it be a preserve or anything. They just want it to be available for everybody, and I think that's quite nice. I think that that's really something that they didn't have to play, that they didn't have to put at the forefront of things. But it really, I don't know, man. It just draws a lot of cool people in. And my hat's off. Well, I'm not going to take my hat off. Because my headset's on it. and <laughs> We're managing resources. I just saw Mike's Harder Lemonade. A 24-ounce can. It's funny, I had one of those last night. It was good. I had that and a big 32-ounce beer. Oh, good after-run delights. It was late when I got home. But anyway, let's talk video shop. How about that? If you could see this, man. Oh, my God. We're back on the dog trail. As of, I don't know, five, ten seconds ago, we took a left. We're on the dog trail. I'm at the electric power thing that homes these giant, these giant coils and metal boxes fenced off with barbed wire. Seated on what is an artificially level and consistent bed of elevated, slightly elevated gravel and asphalt turf. That's different than the grass that surrounds it by three quarters. Or the asphalt that I'm on. The, the, the road that I'm on, because it is a road. It wasn't, it, it was driven at some point. It's been blocked off, so you can't uh, operate large motorized vehicles the full way across the road. People, you know, bypass it and do it anyway. 
mopeds and motorbikers, and there's a big hill they like to get on, and well, there's, a, there's a little hill, another little hill. <sighs> I promise we'll talk. Video shop. So here's the thing. Moni got back to me <clears throat> very quickly and um, very kindly and said she didn't know of a way to take Anchor to a video place. She didn't know how to do that. She didn't think it was possible to do that. And the way that Anchor operates, they kind of open you up for other platforms. They're kind of like these, these middle, these middle merchants that connect you to YouTube and to Facebook and to Instagram, kind of all at the same time. I don't know how that works exactly, but I came into it for the ease of that. And initially, I thought, "Oh, that's easy monetization. That's great." But I didn't pursue that. And now that Moni said that, I don't know if I'm going to. What's more important to me, video or? an easy broad stroke strategy that puts me on multiple platforms at once which you know I like that th things have come this way because now I get to ask how much do I even want to be on these platforms so that's the question I put to you dear viewers what do y'all think I'm curious the thing that Moni told me after she said that Anchor was a no-no on the video, oh, the first thing that she advised was the thing that I knew that she would advise. It's the go-to. It's the YouTube thing. Well, maybe. You know, I did recently, I did recently have the chance to actually act on Randall Carlson's invitation to watch his podcast on HowTube which is different, and I think I like it. It looks like it's just barely there. Like, we're talking infancy. Like, I signed up. Maybe a few hundred people have signed up on that thing so far. I'm not really sure, but I did. I haven't put anything on there, but I'm thinking about it. Maybe, like, maybe do that there. And I didn't want to go across platforms manually. I'd rather do that after the point where I'm already monetarily stable enough to hire someone to do that for me. Because I don't want to. Because I don't want I'm okay having a small team assisting me to this. To this YouTube place or this social media podcast place. Whatever it looks like, it's fine. I'm starting to get a little more comfy with the idea that there might be some people on this road with me. I'm actually excited to bring people on this very podcast. Maybe be on theirs, too. <sighs> Having people to bounce back and forth with is cool. <sighs> I've received a couple of offers already, and that's nice. <laughs> Folks even offered <laughs> to get on the treadmill <laughs> as, they <laughs> as they roll with me. Which is like, which is very, let's let the loonies run the loony bin mentality. 
and I'm in. I don't get it. No one else has to be doing this. <laughs> I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. Back in the day, my favorite thing was kicking back with alcohol and friends. Perhaps other substances. Did a little tobacco here and there. Not much. I just had my first cigar in several years. Uh, a couple of months ago, you guys were not here for that, but uh, it was nice. But I was alone for that. That's kind of my thing right now. That's not, you know, it's okay. Oh, that's totally cool, man. Point is, you know what? Let's do a time check. Do I need to book it the last couple of miles? Where are we at? Oh, 32.50? Looking good, son. I don't think I have any more than 15 or 20. I could be writing all these times down. Just take my notebook and write all these times down, but I'm not doing it. Not this time. Whoops. Okay, we're okay. We all good. No problem. Get back there. Get back there. So aggressive. Okay, I'm wired in like Darth Vader, man. Okay. Yeah, we're looking great. I actually thought that I had been droning on for a bit longer. Uh, train of thought. <laughs> I should have called this train of thought cast because I'm constantly looking for it with you guys while we ride. Uh, dude, under the sky, who could be angry? All of these... What are they called? La stra stratolateral clouds, lateralis clouds, strat something clouds, I think. The even, not super up and down clouds that ripple and cover large swaths. Typical California stuff. Oh, damn, I used to know the name of those. I know that there's anvil clouds, I know there's cumulus clouds. What the hell are these ones? Stratus clouds? Doesn't matter. They're laced throughout half the sky, including the edge of which is softening the, the growing sun, the rising sun. It's quite nice. I guess it's the middling sun at this point. So I want to do video. I want you guys here. Let's roll for a second with that thought. Okay. Let's just, let me paint you a possible picture. Let me portend the future and be completely inaccurate and then laugh at myself later when nothing works out quite the way that I'm telling you guys it might. Here's a nice idea. Okay. Let's how-tube everything. Let's consider how-tubing everything. It's been months. Everything's how-tubed. How-tube grows. People grow. I'm one of the few fucking people that are on it. I'm one of the fewer who don't have anything to say about geology or cosmology or anything. Or science or politics. Or I just want to run and I'll dabble in everything, but believe the... The dedicated, the dedicated search to the mysteries of the universe, to the masters. Just the mystery of me is... Jesus. We might get somewhere with it, but we got a, we got a long ways. Or do we? I mean, we're learning right now, aren't we? You and I. So, how to... 
maybe it grows. Maybe there's some nice, maybe there's some cool stuff available. You know, Randall and those guys, they like to shout out, and they've uh, affiliated with, uh, what is it, CBD from the gods? Which is a CBD oil thing, and they do, you know, Randall's all messed up from being a geologist for the 65 years or whatever that he's been alive. He's a big dude. So when he falls, he falls hard. And he can't sleep. And he takes a little dropper of CBD and, and actually sleeps. And he'll grab some salve. And his wife will get her wrists all up in the salve, oil up, and then wrist his back with her CBD wrists. So his back feels great. He gets a massage. She, her wrists are great. She's opening pickle jars, he says. And they get to talk about it. And I think that's... I think it's cool. And they research these guys. I wouldn't mind doing some shilling for that kind of a thing. When I want to affiliate, that's how I want to do it. I don't want to necessarily do it in the general I don't know who's putting what on my shit thing that YouTube does and reserves the right to do. And I can be deplatformed. So I told Moni this. I just, I get the sense that as mild as I can be, I just think that if I'm going to be myself and I'm going to talk about myself openly, I will become deplatformed. There's no way. There's no way. There's just no way. Or is there? Should I try it? Here's a thought. Here's the second part. Here's part two, okay? Part one, how to, everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. Maybe I take you guys home for a beer sometime and we debrief about the day's run. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we walk one. Maybe we just sit and stretch or something. Maybe I do my weights with you sometime. That might be fun. I'm not a big dude. Or am I? So, you know, there's all that. We can do Q&A. There's a lot of stuff we can do. But let's call, let's say the good, the bad, and the ugly go to how-to. And then, remember when I was talking about maybe doing a once-a-week, household-friendly version of the podcast where I try and keep off the swear words, and I try not to talk about how much I like beer quite as much, and maybe I don't get as heavy as I do on the rest of the podcast. Yesterday was kind of a heavy one. I felt so darn good, but I, but you know, I, I understand that it was a little bit on the heavy side, and that's okay. There's value in that, too. I don't, I don't hear a lot of people talking from that place. Not openly. Not honestly. It's not careless. You know, I'm not talking like an ass or anything. I'm just saying, like, I'm a guy. Here's what being a guy looks like in my life. Okay? So, I don't know. Maybe the family-friendly one. Maybe those podcasts can be YouTube casts. And I can just kind of shout how-to about from YouTube. Maybe do some abridging. That'd be kind of cool. I'd be kind of like, bro, this is, okay, maybe we're not education purely. We're not fitness purely. I'm not interested in becoming an Olympic athlete. 
I don't think it takes that to do what I want to do. I promise you guys, I'll let you know at some point what my dream is. It's very specific. Specific enough that I can plan it and write things down about it. But it's not going to happen until I achieve a level of proficiency. I wouldn't call it Olympic. I would call it ancestrally standard. Some of our ancestors, man. You know, the ones that made it through the Ice Age? Shout out Cosmographia. Shout out Graham Hancock. Shout out Joe Rogan for showing me these guys. Shout out to me for pursuing the material of these guys. And shout out to me for being healthy enough. Being vulnerable enough to find things like the holistic psychologist so that I so that I was a little less cynical and nihilistic when it came to these other folks who I can now make use of. In addition to Hampton and Ben, New Overtoe guy with athletic truth group and hybrid calisthenics, which is Hampton's thing. All this stuff and all the other stuff. That is something. It means something. Someone wants this. Someone can make use of this. Particularly from my position of stubborn mediocrity. I think it is an excellent practice to try and to become as fit as those who came before. Or at least take some of their strengths and try to find the mirror. Find the possibility where I could mirror some of the things that I see might have been their strengths. Including openness. Including determination. So that the openness doesn't go the woo-woo route. My dreams feel woo-woo right now. Except that I know the people have already done what I'm what I'm going to do. Probably harder than I have. But they weren't me. The people who run really well for long, long, long periods of time. All the time people who just lift everything all the time, the people who just, the Wim Hofs, who just have the thing, the basic agreement that they say, no, fuck that. I'm not going to freeze solid. I'm going to breathe, and just the breathing, and then eventually just the thinking means I don't freeze. I burn fat. I burn enough fat and activate enough adrenaline and enough of the endocannabinoid system. By my breathing, <laughs> breathing, by my breathing, etc., that I can be okay in ice until I need to eat again, until I have nothing left to burn, which could be a long, long time. Food lasts longer than you think. Water, not so much. <laughs> then again, if you're in weather that's that cold, there's probably ice around that you can eat, probably snow around that you can eat. I'm not here to talk about that, man. I'm here to talk about mediocrity. I'm just not great at anything. Thank God. Means I have somewhere to get to. Means I'm not going to get as far as some people necessarily, and that's fine. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to bring you wherever I end up going. I'm already running even more than usual. This is day, what, seven in a row? Seven runs in a row? Yesterday was two hours. I was talking to you guys and running for two hours. And that was my sixth run, sixth day. Now, it's been like 45. We've got another 10 in us. That's crazed. 
I like it. And I'm not really feeling the blisters right now. I'm not really feeling it. I was right. My Achilles feels fine now. One day of decent rest. My Achilles is back to back to rocking, bro. Are you kidding me? What is a person? <laughs> what is anything? What's a run? This is a run. <laughs> All right, we're back in traffic. Time to use the big boy voice. I don't think contemplative, speculative dreamer Justin is quite going to cut the noise. Quite going to cut the cacophony. I thought about calling this podcast Cut Cactus. Cut Cast. Cut Cast or Cut, cut Cactus. <laughs> the, cut, the Cut Cactus podcast. And my motto would have been, Okay. I'm on the stoop. Let's get on the road. Let's go cut cactus. Which is an invented shorthand that I made up. That means, let's find what may. Let's find what comes. Let's find what may come. You know, that that sort of a notion. Those words only mean anything if you've read Carlos Castaneda. Is that his name? I think that's his name. Conversations with Don Juan author. This guy finds Don Juan, the last of the Yaqui shamans, or one of them, and they have all kinds of adventures. One thing that Don Juan did, which was kind of cool, was in a strange way that respected the land and respected the shamanic practice as a way of kind of asking permission from the cactus to show them the right buttons. Don Juan basically went deep, picked a direction at this peyote field. At this field that included peyote anyway. He had his bush knife and he instructed Carlos to do it as he did. Which was, was it Carlos Castaneda? It might have been Dan Castaneda. I don't fucking know. There's too many Dans. Anyway, picked a direction, had the bush knife. Went in a straight line, essentially. Not disturbing any cactuses, not getting unduly stung, you know. But respectfully, and only those buttons that seemed right, that met the conditions, that were also in the narrow confines of the direct path, were the ones that were, you know, quote-unquote, meant to come to the two shamans. And I don't know what, what's with that, except that... There's a strange, there's a cord that runs among all shamans. They ask for permission before they do anything important. I think that's a way of asking permission. If you don't get any buttons on that path, give it some time and then ask again later. But you let the world meet you halfway on that. And then that's kind of a way of, it's kind of a strange way of giving words, giving intention, giving a sense of agency giving the bigness. You know, the nature is the final say. Are they there or are they not? If they are, then that's the yes. The way that they look at it, that's literally a yes from the field. Remember how we talked about whale fall? Dropping things in the field? Well, pick the straight line. What comes to you is what was supposed to come to you, man. And I don't say that lightly either. And I'm saying it only in that context. You know, I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want that notion to be misused. Uh, Let's check the time. 
47.52. Yeah, I'm not 10 minutes away from home. I'm definitely five or less. So we'll put the phone back. But we, by the way, headsets on the way out. My speaker died a couple of nights ago. One of them did. I think the remaining one is going. Weirdly, the mic has kept complete integrity of the recording of my voice. So it might be the last thing to go. And it's detachable, so I might be able to incorporate it into the next sort of... Into the next wave of business with you guys. So we'll see. Anyway. You know, you ask for permission. You, you kind of go through a sacred... You kind of delve into the sacred and you set things up so that... It's kind of like you set yourself up for a placebo effect. Like, what feels more right than the world gave me these buttons? I just came to the field and I asked. And then the ones that came, came. And maybe it was more than I thought? Okay. I guess I guess the universe makes me a... Uh, since I was really listening, and I was really not reaching too far, just what was in front of me, as I pathed along these cacti, I found these buttons. They're... Okay. That's a goddamn lot, but... But they were given to me. You know, there's something about that. You can set up your placebo by animating your environment in such a way. And and they had a trip. And Carlos had a really interesting trip that really intrigued uh, Don Juan. So, super cool, man. Isn't that cool? Like, they, like... Kind of like ayahuasca. People associate ayahuasca with this feminine divine force. Good, bad, and ugly. She's there. She's not against you necessarily either. But, you know, she's just there. Just nature. With its rhythms and things. What are you going to do? You're a person. You listen. You respond. You do things like ask these permissions. I really like all that. I really do. Uh, It's a way of seeing the world that seems really functional. I remember as a kid thinking, when I feel things, they felt me back. And I could feel that too. I just, you know, it's, it was an intuition. And I lost it as I became numb, as I grew. And so much fell the, the way of the, this isn't necessary for survival. Or for the progression of myself in a culture that favors these things. And those things are out of favor in the current generation. So, so sack up. It's going to be a cold one. Well, okay. I'm coming back, though. <laughs> We're back at the intersection, by the way. <laughs> Where it all started, you know. <laughs> Alright, let's go. Whew, the final light, I think. Alright. Almost home. Anyway. I guess I'm just kind of asking the world permission right now. What's coming to me? How tube came to me. It might be advantageous. Because the reason Randall got onto that thing and is now kind of helping it grow and flagshipping it and that kind of thing and hopefully this thing develops. One of the things is, you know, if you you can't deplatform Randall. Him and the boys are doing good work. They're trying to help everybody. If you mob him, that's like what happens when you spray a bee with the chemical that bees release when they die and then throw him back into his hive doesn't matter that he's just trying to help the hive, trying to pull himself free so he can keep gathering, keep scouting, whatever, she, whatever, 
And the bees just don't look at it. They just don't care. They care about the chemical. They care. I saw, I heard death chemical. That's all that matters. Now we deplatform. You literally, they throw this fucker back out of the hive over and over again. That's exile from a spray. You think people are a lot different? If you tell me that you wanted to platform Randall Carlson, if Graham Hancock got laughed out of the academy, got laughed out of the scientific community, and spent decades, decades leading the way, leading the way that we're all, we're all going to ride the wake of and benefit from a given time, not that he's the only thing, there's just a lot of these people. You, you, and they're not even mean. <laughs> they're, they're nice. They just say that comets might destroy the Earth. Or they might hit the Earth really hard and we've got to pull together and turn the blow if we can. And we've got to learn to do that. So he's going to talk so we can do that. You can't deplatform that. Even if he was a real C-U-N-T. I just, and I like him and I like these kids. Ah... So I don't think that they would deplatform me. I think I might find some sense of family there that I'm not going to find on YouTube, man. I mean, not in the same way. I see the way the Game Grumps have to work around things, man. And they actually get away with a lot, and that's encouraging, but they have to... they got to update the way that they talk and the way that they do things. Maybe not frequently, but they have to hold meetings about it regularly. 5333, you know... Yeah, that doesn't have to be the way. There can be other ways that work. How tube might be my way. We'll see. Anchor's probably not going to cut it if I ever want to get audio or video. Which is fine. Maybe I don't need video, but I really want it. I want to at least experiment. I think that's coming. So there's a little bit of insight into what's coming. I'm on the deck. The breeze is still there. The sweat is now here. Therapies and... Less than six minutes. I might have time to eat a little bit if I want to. I don't know, what is it, 12.20? I could eat. Maybe I should. Egg on toast wouldn't go down bad right now. Hmm. Okay. Take, a, take three with me, how about that? There's no right or wrong way to close these, okay? Love Randall, love those guys, love HowTube so far. Might get on there. I got the profile. Might do the YouTube thing, at least for the kid-friendly podcast. But I am going to keep podcasting because this feels right, and I follow the feel, especially if my belief system says that such a thing might be possible as I can be successful doing this and anything else. I want that story. I want to iron out that story and hammer it into steel, you know? <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>